When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's a scoop session with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News sports team, the Scoop Podcast. He joins us every Tuesday and Thursday for a little inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. We recklessly speculate, too, mostly on Thursdays. Doogie, how are you today, sir? I am doing well, Phil, getting ready for Vikings-Titans joint practices. Should be fun the next couple days. Yes, let's get so we're, it. We're Start with some Viking stuff here for sure because there, you know, TJ Hawkinson gave an update for why he hasn't really been practicing much. Uh, but a quick shout-out to all of you guys. So we announced yesterday morning that uh, this is, this is I think, our first big fundraiser week since the launch of Score North. It's the power of sports this week across all of the Score North podcasts to benefit the Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute. And uh, we, we, we stated yesterday morning, we'd like to raise $10,000 this week. There's amazing items to bid on, to buy. You can also just donate at scorenorth.com slash bid. So we said, hey, if you can help us raise $10,000, that would be amazing. We're already up to $7,360 in one day. It's awesome. In one day. So thank you all. I want to point just especially to a couple buy it now items that are still out there. We have... Well, I, one just went right now as I as I say. So we have we have three pair of Pearl Jam sweet tickets available. You get a pair of tickets for five hundred dollars. You get to hang out with our guy Declan. This is Thursday, August thirty first. Pearl Jam at the XL Energy Center. You get uh, you get appetizers. You get non alcoholic beverages. There's a bar right outside the door of the suite. Basically, it's so if you look at the secondary market, this is actually. A pretty incredible deal right now. $500 for two VIP suite tickets. And then you can also, for the Saturday, September 23rd game at Target Field against Shohei Otani and the Angels, you can hang with Judd and me in the Twins executive balcony. That's the, you, 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 by the way, you don't get access to this unless the Twins, the Twins have graciously given us access, Score North listeners, to hang out all game long on Saturday, September 23rd, the executive balcony. And those tickets are buy it now, right now, at scorenorth.com slash bid. I am told that if you are in that balcony, it also gives you the ability to make one roster move. Oh, oh wow. Okay. We'll add we'll that to the, the copy here. Balcony, like there's nobody like that. That will give us the ability. I'm contemplating a DFA. I'm contemplating IL stints. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, 
But yes, I'm going to make one major roster move during. Well, that. I mean, options are limited in late September. It's unfortunate yeah, that it's not late July. No trade trade deadline. But for me, late September, give me Brooks Lee. Like if I can have any roster, oh. it's not going to happen. Okay, I will call up Brooks Lee. For the playoffs. Why let's not? make this let's official. We'll get Dave St. Peter on the phone. Hey, let's let's add in. You get to make a roster move on behalf of the Twins when you're <laughs> we'll in the executive balcony. Scornorth.com sure slash bid. Scornorth.com slash bid. And I get it. There needs to be a 40-man move. So you DFA Gallo or make a move if Keichel is somehow still here at that point. I'll figure out the other part later. But give me Brooks Lee in the Twins lineup on September 24th. Yeah, I love it, Dukes. Thank you for uh, for 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 starting the push here. So let's get to some Viking stuff. So TJ Hawkinson, Judd's been chronicling this on Purple Daily throughout the last week. Uh, he's had he's had an illness that sort of kept him not fully out of practice. He's still around. He gave an update. So what can we what can we say about TJ Hawkinson now? Yeah. So me, Dane from the Pioneer Press, Kevin Seifert, Dave. Campbell, I believe, as well, although maybe Dave was talking to Kirk Cousins one-on-one. There were only a few of us in this tiny circle for about 90 seconds after Monday's walkthrough chatting with TJ Hawkinson. He revealed, which I don't know if it was public or not, Judd, but it was known that he was battling or said to be battling some sort of ear infection, his equilibrium thrown off, but he has been able to do some stuff. He has been able to play golf. He's very passionate about playing golf. It's not like he hasn't played some golf in recent weeks, right? So Wait, he's been able so to he's, do he's stuff. golfing but not practicing. <laughs> well, he has been doing some stuff. Like he participated in Monday's walkthrough, but it seems like the contact. Oh, my is contract limited. is sore. I mean, I have an ear infection. Oh, I get okay. it. Trust me. I understand where I... you're coming from with that comment, Phil. Now, I think it can be both things, right? that he has been battling some sort of ear infection. Trust me, I mean, ear infections can mess with your equilibrium. I don't doubt him on that. But do I also sense that he would like a contract extension sooner rather than later? That his representation, Neil Cornrich, has had enough dialogue with Rob Rosinski of the Vikings? You look at the Cole Komet extension. You look at the Evan Ingram contract from this summer. There are comps. Now, we know that he's worth more than those guys, maybe closer to Ingram, not necessarily Komet. Like, he's worth, to me, way more than Cole Komet. But it shouldn't be all that difficult to work out an extension. It seems like both sides are motivated to get a deal done. So I would like to think, even though I've been saying for a long time, the franchise tag for a tight end is incredibly reasonable. Like, if it came down to that, not that this regime, you know, Rob and others that have been with the Vikings for a long time, use the franchise tag often but i'm just saying if you look at the tight end franchise tag number the likely number for 2024 what is it like 12 12 and a half million dollars mm-hmm. it is not nuts like if it came down to it you just slap the franchise tag on tj hawkinson but i sense that both sides would like to get an extension worked out so dudes what's your sense though about, about this because i didn't know now did uh tj volunteer that he's actually been golfing as well or is that something no. that, that you just heard okay so yeah. here so here's my question though because this is where like i don't doubt he's got some type of infection i don't doubt that but correct i don't doubt that either correct. but but i am saying as with the look that phil gave you when when you said he's on the links playing 18 which is, which is a you sure about that what's your sense uh 
recklessly speculating a very safe place because I've gone here before. I just don't buy this is all he's going to topple over if he's all of a sudden in one set of drills when he's been in another set of drills. I just want to say before Doogie answers this question, the last time the last time we prefaced a TJ Hawkinson speculative commentary with the reckless speculation umbrella. Hey, this is a safe space to pontificate about what could be the case. NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal aggregated it and even in the aggregation said, now they said it was reckless speculation, but yeah, here right. was Judd's opinion on what might be happening with TJ Hawkinson. So right. it's a safe space, it. but it just know that people care. I like that, Greg too. But yeah. it's now free to be aggregated apparently on NFL.com. So whatever you're about to say, reckless I just want your opinion. Speculation. <laughs> I will say, Judd, you and I are in complete agreement that there is something going on there contract related like because the two sides have been talking maybe at this point now this is me going down the reckless speculation path more than informed information but is it possible that tj thought the deal would be done by now thus is reluctant to take part in all these drills with the out being okay my equilibrium i'm a little thrown off yeah i can do some stuff but i just can't necessarily do it all so i'm with you judd like, my tentacles have been up. Like, there's something going on there from a contractual standpoint. Interesting. Okay. Right. That's just some reckless speculation among friends here. Reckless speculation. Just want to be clear about that. Well, I mean, that. think about it. If you're TJ, right? You're brought in last, whatever it was, trade deadline, last October. Yep. You've been told you're this big piece of the franchise moving forward. Yes. You see some other tight ends get paid. You are entering your contract year. I'm just saying, like, I'm sure he thought entering training camp by late July in extension would be worked out. So I understand now two and a half weeks later, if there is some frustration, he has not publicly admitted that there's frustration. I don't think he would, but I'm just saying I would understand if behind the scenes there is frustration. And and when O'Connell was asked about this by Seifert on Saturday, O'Connell sounded very much like a guy who who was uh, expected him uh, the ability for him to be back on the field for the joint practices, which leads me to believe that O'Connell is somewhat frustrated by this entire thing because he's a football coach and they get frustrated. Um, but yeah, I just it just feels like there's a lot more here than than a Q-tip can cure. Plus, when you guys asked him about what they're gonna do, he he like had no response. He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll just wait it out. Well, and if you watch the video, so shameless plug, my Twitter feed or my X feed, apologies, D Wolf's and KSTP. So you can see the video. You know, if you're into, like, again, this is reckless speculation, right? I'm going down a slippery slope. But if you look at the body language, his lack of eye contact at times, it just, it makes you wonder even more. I'm just saying, like, I have a hard time believing, maybe more so in opinion, not fact, but believing that there is zero to do with the contract situation with him not fully taking part in practice. We did ask him, hey, will you be a full participant in these joint practices starting Wednesday against Tennessee? He said, to be determined, essentially. I'm paraphrasing, but he did not have the answer to that question. How would he not know on Monday afternoon if he would be able to take part on Wednesday morning? Uh, okay, well, I know we've been kind of updating every few days with you here on these free agents that come and visit. So the latest over the weekend, Kareem Hunt, I think that was after our Thursday scoop session, 
So, so Kareem Hunt, let's start there. Um, what, what do you make of that? Do you have any feeling that the Vikings are going to actually take a step and sign Kareem Hunt or a veteran running back? Feels like the running back room is a little underwhelming, maybe compared to what they thought. Dwayne McBride's had just kind of a meh camp. Wangu's been injured. So uh, your thoughts on Kareem Hunt visiting? I will be surprised if they sign Kareem Hunt. To date, I mean, just in real time, or at least as of last night, they have not offered Kareem Hunt a contract. Now, could they eventually? I mean, the Jets, you know, had Dalvin Cook in for a visit, what, two-ish weeks ago? Signed him on Monday, right? So it can all change as long as the free agent is still available, that he hasn't committed to a team. It's always possible, but I will be surprised. Now, would I be surprised if they bring in some running back before the season starts? I wouldn't necessarily be shocked by that. But Kareem Hunt would absolutely surprise me. I did check again on Dalton Reisner this morning. Nothing new. Crickets. The Vikings have not made Dalton Reisner a contract offer. Same goes for Ronald Darby. So those would be the three. Darby, Reisner, Hunt. These guys come in. They are names. They come in for these visits. But so far, the Vikings have not extended any of the three a contract offer. And I believe I did read because um, before he came here on Friday, uh, Kareem Hunt went to the Colts and the Saints, I believe it was, Dukes. And I want to say those teams did make him some type of offers. So, yeah, I, I told Phil and Dex this on the Monday show. I think this is simply a matter of looking at positions at which the Vikings don't don't have great depth and trying to build files, which makes a ton of sense. It's just that these names are bigger because, as we both know, there's guys coming in constantly once training camp starts. So I think we're jumping the gun, and I'll admit that I totally did on Reisner. I think we're jumping the gun and saying, oh, my God, the guy's here. He's going to sign when it's really just, okay, in case of the guy, your guards are either terrible and or a guy gets hurt you've got a file built up on a player. So if you need to pull the trigger quickly, you possibly can. I think that's what this is about. Absolutely. Although I get you jumping the gun on Reisner specifically, because when you consider the Vikings offensive line coach, coach Coop, his connection, his Denver background, him having been at Dalton Reisner's wedding, them having that sort of tight relationship that you just figured if he's coming in for the visit, that inevitably a contract offer would come, that the two sides could come to a happy medium. So I do understand that. Now, it happened when I was down in Tennessee for for the Older Sons baseball tournament, so I wasn't like necessarily tracking it blow by blow, but my understanding that week was they just they were just doing their due diligence, that maybe eventually a contract offer would come, but it wasn't like on the cusp of happening when he visited for those 24 hours. It's weird that he isn't signed with a team, despite having you know a, a pretty decent track record. He, he's not one of the best guards in the NFL, but he but he's a good pass protector according to PFF. Whatever. It's it's weird that he wouldn't be signed with a team as a guy in the middle of his prime on August fifteenth. On the flip side, it would also be weird if the Vikings once again went into the season with guards who can't protect Kirk Cousins. So that's what I don't really get. You know, this has been an ongoing problem for a number of years now. Ed Ingram, I don't really care. I know KOC kind of defended Ed Ingram. Uh, I think people who know what they're watching have looked at the tape from Ed Ingram in that preseason game last week and said, that's not a very good performance against backups. How he can thinks you go he and- played well. I mean, another shameless plug. I put the conversation I had with Ed on my X feed 
you can see Ed. Now, I appreciate him stopping because he told me, hey, me doing this interview with you, I'm about to get fined, right? The offensive linemen have this thing in their room, right? If they stop and talk, there's a fine associated with that. Oh, wow, the so, whole the whole offensive yeah. line, huh? Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I appreciate him stopping, paying the fine to talk to measly me. Wow. But I asked him about his performance last Thursday against Seattle. He was pleased with it. He thought he played well, Phil. Yeah, I mean, I I guess in the, in we can let's let's not even split hairs about that. Ed Ingram allowed the most pressures of any guard in the NFL last year. Kirk Cousins is not mobile enough to escape that kind of pressure. You can't go into another season like this, right? Well, what did they think? Not making any moves in March, April, May, right? Like it seems like Ed Ingram was just pretty much handed that right guard. He was, job. yeah. But why? I'm with you. I mean, I get all the numbers. You can look at his rookie year, even though he took every snap, right, when other guys couldn't, so he played. But you look at his performance last year, I just don't know how they didn't create legit competition minimum. That's fine if he ultimately wins out, but I just don't know how he was handed a starting job. I think it's partially because he is their second-round pick, and they started him for 18 games, too. Like, that's that's the reason why I am hesitant to think that they will pull the plug quickly, even though they might have cause to, because you basically allowed, I, I mean, that Netflix was a blow by blow by blow of what you allowed cousins to absorb when you said, Hey, and, and the other problem too, and this is as much crazy, if not more than O'Connell is this, the top of that draft, like I'm trying, I'm really trying to give him a break and, and be like, okay, you know, let's give scene more time. Let's give booth more time. I told these guys, I think that scene is very close to being fifth on the depth chart behind Theo Jackson. Now uh, booth is nowhere near a first team guy. So like if Ingram is a washout dudes, like we are the top of your draft is a disaster. And again, I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying, but when you go out to practice, like, like we all do and you see Lewis scene just buried on the depth chart, it's really hard to give them the, benefit of the doubt and if they bail on ingram that first draft class whoo criticism a lot of it yeah i mean you better pray that a caleb evans is a starter for the next few years right at least you could have that as your saving grace and hey our fourth round sick the corner from missouri has looked good now we can debate whether he's going to be good i mean with the concussion history that greatly worries me i think there is a pretty good player there when he's able to stay on the field i think he is going to see the field plenty starting on September 10th. But then the question is, how does he recover? Will he be out there on September 14th? Right. Will he be out there week three against Justin Herbert and the Chargers? But I think that is the saving grace as a Caleb Evans. But I'm with you. Seen into Booth Jr., into Ingram, woof, right? I mean, there just there isn't much there. I mean, I guess maybe you hope, too, that they don't make a move on some running back, that Ty Chandler is the number two. That Ty Chandler, the player we've seen last preseason, the Seattle game last week, that he can show some stuff in the regular season. Yeah. Super interesting. If uh, it, I mean, I guess if you wind up salvaging three other guys after, but in a perfect world, you'd nail the you'd nail two out of your first three picks and then get another couple later on. I don't think it I don't think guys panning out later exonerates absolute complete bus if that's what winds up being the case. The scene stuff is super interesting because Judd has been out there observing this. They're giving like they're elevating guys who deserve it. Give, giving guys like and this defense is wide open for they're basically Harrison Smith, Byron Murphy, and then some of the defensive linemen. Not all of them, but some of them 
kind of have jobs etched, right? Everything else is up for grabs if you perform well at training camp. Ivan Pace, oh, you're playing well. Here's a green dot. You're going to be starting now, right? So if Lewis Seen was playing up to the level that he should be, I don't think they would look for excuses to bury him on the second unit. They would be giving him chances with the first-team defense. So it's it's all playing out in front of us right now. They would. Now, I'm remiss not mentioning Brian Asamoah, but he's still injured. You look at what Ivan Pace Jr. has been doing, it's still going to be a little bit for Asamoah, although he was out there on Monday watching, so I don't think this is some sort of long-term injury. I hope to have an update, you know, whether it's for our conversation on Thursday morning or on social media at some point later today or on Channel 5 here in the Twin Cities. I don't have a specific update this moment on Brian Asamoah, but I would be remiss not bringing up Asamoah because I still think there's a pretty good player there. But, yeah, when you look at those first three picks, oof. now you look at this draft class, right? You start with Jordan Addison. You look at that catch he made that they didn't challenge that wasn't ruled a catch. But yeah. that sideline catch last Thursday, you're like, okay, I get it, right? Like, don't drive 140 miles per hour again. I think you learned your lesson on that one at 3 in the morning. But, hey, on the football field, there's one heck of a player there. And that is why now, uh, e- even more so in a retrospect, and we saw it play out, but I, I think the point has now uh, clearly been dr- driven home that that is why KOC clearly was becoming frustrated when Quazy was on the phone for that draft pick and talking to teams, and he's like, just make the pick. we got to make the pick. Because um, the seed pick is really weird. I, I mean, if you're going to bail that far back, you got to have a better strategy than we're going to take a safety, which, by the way, is ordinarily not a you know, first-round position, and then it's not going to be a good safety. Like that was a really that that pick's gonna haunt them because one you bailed way back, two if if once Williams comes off the suspension he's good you bailed back and gave a division rival a player, but three like when I watched scene against the Seahawks last th- Thursday, he hits but he's not instinctual at all he hits too high like you can tell what makes a good a good safety is really smart. Like Josh Metellus, watch him play. He's super, super smart, and you can tell. And he knows positioning and stuff. Scene looks like he scene looks like he's still at Georgia, and so like I think that pick is going to come back and bite them because I'm not sure they're going to get that one right. I'm not sure that when Brian Flores, to Phil's point, comes in, and clearly Brian had said this is going to be if I'm going to take this job, this is going to be my baby here. Uh, when he comes in and buries Scene, I think that speaks volumes. So. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah, I mean, I get it where he is on the depth chart. Now, in his defense, I had a nice conversation with Lewis on Monday. I just I don't know how long it'll officially take the mental hurdle, the physical hurdle, right, of what took place in London last year. I get it he's out there, but truly, like, to really let loose, to really be in the right frame of mind, that still might take some time. Now, I remember that draft. Tampa yeah. was picking next. They had the first pick of the second round. I don't know if the Vikings got baited in, whatever, but they had intel that Tampa was going to take Lewis Seen. Now, in hindsight, like, who cares, right? Like, take whoever else you're thinking of or move back again, move back from 31, right? But they liked Lewis Seen enough and had the intel that Tampa was going to take Lewis Seen with mm. the first pick of the second round. Mm. Hey, before we continue on here with this Tuesday scoop session, our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson looks a little leaner than he did a couple months ago. How did that happen, Doogie? Hi, Phil. Yes, it happened. It has happened. <laughs> Going back to July 2nd, 
much more energy down 19.6 pounds. A few more ounces to go. I hit the 20-pound threshold thanks to MN Fat Loss. MNFatLoss.com. It's all about portion control, knowing what to eat, you know, protein-wise, fruit-wise, veggies-wise. Not only what to eat, but when to eat, how to eat, right? And what to drink, right? Like eliminating the sugary drinks. Don't necessarily need all that pop, all those Powerades and Gatorades. I can get by with water, with black coffee, right? Because I'm 43 years old now. I need more energy, right? I've got a 12-year-old. I've got a 9-year-old. They're both incredibly active right now. Heck, one's playing football. One's playing fall baseball. Big tournament this weekend. The Todd Oaks Memorial Classic. Older son playing for Pine Tar Academy. A little club ball action starting up, right? Pine Tar Academy. Let's go. I need to make sure he's ready to go. Yeah, right after this conversation, (laughs) we're going to go hit and do some ground ball work, right? So I need all that energy to get through the day. Heck, I think about Vikings-Titans joint practices Wednesday, Thursday. Then I'm looking at the forecast, Phil, for the next few days. Next Monday, heat index, 99 degrees. Bring it on. going to be a hot one. You need to have that energy, right, to sustain at Vikings training camp. So it's all about MN Fat Loss, MNFatLoss.com. If I can do it, trust me, you can too. Many patients lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two. For your free private weight loss consultation, call 763-312-7600. That's 763-312-7600. Or schedule online, MNFatLoss.com. That's MNFatLoss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, D.C., Results may vary. But yeah, One Phil, way that, I'm really excited to get to that 20-pound mark. I'm just about it. there. Very, very close. Love it. Love it. Uh, and one way to eat healthy, too, you can you can grill healthy foods maybe with your brand-new Weber grill from Fratelloni's. Fratelloni's is one of the largest Weber dealers in the state. They're here to help you kick off tailgating season. They also have the largest selection of all different styles of grills for however you like to cook. Easy propane powerhouses like the new Genesis Oh, Summit yeah. and Spirit Series. Yeah. Talk dirty. I love me a Weber. Pellet smokers <laughs> and propane griddles. Wings, steak, kebabs. Oh. Tailgating oh. season is here. And Fratelloni's is here to help you get that Weber grill. Go to scorenorth.com, keyword Weber. That's W-E-B-E-R to find out more. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden, more than 20 metro locations. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, Dukes, let's uh, let's go down the Twins path here, unless you have any more Vikings things. Royce Lewis, it sounds like, is on his way across town. Yes, he is ready to go. The oblique injury is a thing of the past. Not that it couldn't rear its ugly head at some point again, but he feels great. We spoke with him. When I say we, we in the Channel 5 Sports Department spoke with him late last week. The plan was, hey, get through the weekend, if everything checks out okay, through Sunday, that he would rejoin the Twins Today, So I anticipate Royce Lewis being activated. The other injury note that's top of mind is Byron Buxton is eligible to come off the injured list today 
My understanding is that is unlikely. Unfortunately, I don't have a specific timetable, but the headline would be I don't anticipate Buxton being activated today. The other injury note, Alex Kirilov, that shoulder issue, he has started to swing a bat. So that's the good news, but there is no timeline there as well. So it's still going to be a bit on Buxton, on Kirilov, but the good news is Royce Lewis is about to return. Dukes, on Buxton, are we most likely going to be uh, looking at a rehab assignment in St. Paul as well? Because it seems like that would probably be beneficial to him, both from both from a rehab standpoint, but considering what he was not doing at the plate, that that might give him the opportunity to get some confidence back and get some at-bats before he comes back to target field. That absolutely makes sense. I mean, anytime a guy is out longer than the 10 days, I mean, they are very much, that front office is very much pro a rehab assignment. Now, Max Kepler, months ago, didn't go on a rehab assignment. Then you look at his first four, five, six, seven games back. You know, I mean, it was a bit of a disaster. Then yep. thereafter, he took off. You know, he's been one of their best hitters, if not their best hitter, going back multiple weeks. But, you know, you look back, hindsight says Max Kepler should have gone on a rehab assignment, but there was some reluctance there. But, yeah, the Twins front office is pro. These guys, if they're out longer than the 10 days, the position guys, to go get some at-bats, even if it's just for two days, right, to go get some at-bats with St. Paul, especially if St. Paul is home or somewhere else in the minor league system. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have official information on that, but I would anticipate that Buck, when he's ready to go, which isn't today, that that would be something that likely happens. By the way, from real quick, from now until the end of the AAA season, which is September 24th, the Saints are either home or in Iowa for all but like 10 of those days. So mm-hmm. so it's very, if, if they wanted to send someone across town or just a few hours down to Iowa for some at-bats, really easy to, to oh, we got to call you back up here for a home series. So uh, I would go get confident if you're Byron Buxton. Just go, go hit six bombs off minor league pitching over, you know, a few days and, Plug him back in. That's the that's the hope for this team here at this point, Doogie. They've got the pitching. They've got you've got your playoff rotation. You could kind of, kind of argue over who's the number one, number two. Maeda might be number three. Joe Ryan coming back hopefully at some point. You've got a nice rotation. If you can get Lewis close to a hundred percent, Kirilov, Buxton, get him to like seventy five percent. Maybe Correa snaps out of it. There's still a ridiculous amount of upside for this team, but it's almost all predicated on health and that lineup turning around. I agree. I mean, the upside is ending, finally ending this 18-game playoff losing streak. Just win one game. Now, if you can win two, if you can advance past the first round, fantastic. At this point, like, I can't take Cleveland seriously, being multiple games under 500. I get that the deficit, right, this second is, what, four and a half games. If you look at the remaining schedules of the Guardians, of the Twins, the Twins have the much easier schedule the rest of the way. And I get it, right? If you want to argue, well, look at the Royals games, look at the Tigers games. I understand it, but you look at the full schedule the Twins have remaining, the full schedule Cleveland has remaining, with Naylor out, the trade of Savali, right? Like, Cleveland, I just, I don't see it. I'll be shocked. And I get it. Weird stuff happened last year, but I will be completely shocked if we're not talking about the Twins opening the playoffs on Tuesday, October 3rd at Target Field. Now, will it be Toronto? Will it be Houston? Could it be Texas? If Houston wins the AL West? Could it be somebody else? Do the Mariners somehow make a run? Do the Angels somehow make a run? My money the right Yankees, now would be on the Blue the Jays. But 
It's up in the air. I don't think the Yankees. Know. Angels ain't making. I mean, a maybe run. the Red Sox. I don't think the Yankees. I think so, it'll be Toronto, but could it be the loser of the American League West? Right, Houston could still catch Texas. So could Texas fall down to six? Ugh. It's possible, but I think we're talking about the Twins playing a playoff game at Target Field, Game One on Tuesday, October third. No, mm-hmm. I don't think it's much of a debate. Like to me, Pablo Lopez starts Game One. Like I don't know if you think it should be Sonny Gray. Fine, I can listen, but to me, it's Lopez into Gray, then at this point into Kenta Maeda. But if we want to have a debate about a Game Three starter, that's fine. But to me, Pablo Lopez absolutely needs to start Game One. I won't fight you on that, Judd. So, Dukes, what is the – if there ha- has been with uh, Royce Lewis coming back, what's the scuttlebutt about health provided? Because, you know, with, with the Twins, someone's going to get hurt at some point soon, I'm sure. What's the scuttlebutt about where where guys will play? I mean, does Royce go back to third base now? Does Polanco go to second? Does Julian go to DH as long as Buxton's out? Um, because there are definitely – Rocco talks about these interchangeable parts, which is great, but there's definitely, I think, an ideal infield compared to we'll just move this guy here. And I would I would think in fairness to Royce that at least for the rest of this season, as long as he's playing, he's left at third base for now. Like if he's going to move to the outfield eventually, I'm giving him a spring training to get acclimated to that. Absolutely, yeah. Like I'm not anticipating Royce Lewis – playing center field. I anticipate Royce Lewis playing third base. At this point, mix and match, right? Like maybe Correa doesn't need to play every single day. So maybe Polanco fills in one day a week at shortstop while Julian is at second base. But bottom line, I anticipate Royce Lewis playing third base. The corresponding roster move, by the way, like it's not going to be Joey Gallo. This front office is not cutting the cord on Joey Gallo, admitting a mistake on Joey Gallo, who you know, in the last few days has been a little bit better. It's typically one of two outcomes, but at least the ball's been going over the fence a little bit more the last few games. I anticipate them going from 13 pitchers to 12 pitchers. So I don't anticipate the corresponding move with Royce Lewis being activated here pretty darn soon with that corresponding move being a DFA of Joey Gallo. I just don't see it. I see Joey Gallo here for the rest of the season. Yeah. All right, Dukes, let's empty the bag here. What else do you have on this Tuesday for us? Well, I mean, I just I continue to hear a lot of good stuff over at Gopher Football Camp. It's been pretty quiet, but they clearly are going to throw the ball more. The question is how much more, but that they really like Callie McManus. Then you think about these transfer-wide receivers they've brought in, Elijah Spencer from Charlotte, Corey Crooms from Western Michigan who can play in the slot. Then you think about an NFL tight end in Brevin Span Ford. Mm-hmm. You think about Chris Ottman-Bell being back for like his 12th year, 7th year. <laughs> In reality, but he has a chance to play. He pro played football. for Jim Wacker, I think, actually. Yeah. Back in- Correct. Goody. Yeah. Like he played for Lou Holtz. Yeah. I mean, he's been Holtz here forever, right? But they have all sorts of options. Trust Daniel Jackson, right? And I'm leaving out a name or two, but you think about the depth they have at wide receiver, as good as they've had in a number of years, including when they had Bateman and Johnson. I'm just talking from a depth standpoint, guys that can really, really contribute. So they are going to pass the ball more with the opener starting what, two weeks from Thursday, August 31st. So while Declan is jamming with Pearl Jam in St. Paul, many of us will be over at Huntington Bank Stadium watching Gophers, Cornhuskers. But just continue to hear a lot of good things about specifically Spencer and Crooms. But absolutely, Elijah Spencer. I've heard a lot of good things about Elijah Spencer. Yeah. Great stuff here, Dukes. Great session. Great session today. Thanks for coming One on. more note. Mateo Spagnolo. So he was the Wolves... 
draft pick or they ended up acquiring his rights, what, a year ago. So he last week signed a three-year deal with a team in Berlin, Germany. So he won't be on the Wolves for the 23-24 season, but he does have NBA outs in that three-year contract after year one and after year two. So we can reevaluate next summer how Spagnolo looks. He's looked good, though, this month playing in some of these exhibition games for Team Italy. Tim Connolly will be in the Philippines for the World Cup, so he'll have a chance to watch Spagnolo up close. So still an intriguing prospect for the Wolves. Later today, the in-season NBA tournament schedule oh, will nice. be revealed, which also means that the full schedule is there, right? Like, it's just a matter of when they want to reveal it. But, like, the league office knows who the Wolves are going to open up against in all likelihood Wednesday, October 25th. So we should find out here in the coming days, maybe early next week, mid-next week, the Wolves' full 23-24 schedule. Love it. Love it. There he is, Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department and the Scoop Podcast. We'll see you Thursday, Dukes. Okay, take it easy, boys. See ya. Yeah. All right. And uh, Doogie's appearance with us also presented in part by our friends over at EcoFun, gentlemen. EcoFun has two metro locations filled with fun goodies, like you can see on the YouTube channel here, souped-up golf carts, electric bikes, uh, ATVs, scooters, Two stores to shop in the metro area, Forest Lake off I-35 and also Burnsville off 35W in County Road 42. On the e-bikes specifically, uh, those things have been hot all summer. A couple of you Purple Daily and Scornorth listeners have actually sent us uh, messages that you uh, that you purchased an e-bike at EcoFund. So if you do go in, tell them that we sent you. It helps us as we look to grow our business as well. And thanks for hanging out with us here on this Scoop Session Tuesday.